0: What would you like the power to do?
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Complex on Friday afternoon here. The Friday before the Sugar Bowl. Texas in the playoffs. We're going to be talking about all show long. Get into that early. Some audio from Kyle Flood spoke to the media this morning. The offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach uh, for the Texas Longhorns. We'll get into that. Of course, get into some other bowl games. It is uh, 4-0-2 right here in Austin, Texas, and that means OU still sucks. We'll get into that bowl game and some other bowl games coming up. Over the weekend, some NFL talk as well. My man Joe Cook from Inside Texas is going to be calling in to talk some more about Texas football and this huge matchup that's coming. Texas basketball plays a game tonight as well, so we can get into that. Some NBA talk. My man Bruce Castleberry is calling in uh, to talk about his favorite football team in the entire world the Alabama Crimson Tide, and their huge matchup against Michigan and the Wolverines. We will get into that, all of that coming up on the show today. And, of course, your text messages, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. All you guys got to do is text into there. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll talk about it. We try to get to everybody's text here on the Sports Complex. So we'll get to whatever you guys want to put in. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it. On the rails. Uh, we did. For Texas fans. This is going to be a very Texas heavy show. As you can imagine. Is Texas is playing probably the biggest game they've been in. In over a decade. And uh, so Texas fans. Uh, very pumped up. I'm very pumped up about the game. And uh, We did get a, a little late Christmas gift. Last night or yesterday afternoon. From Michael Penix Jr. Who uh, came out. And when he was doing his media. Was asked many times. Uh, about. Uh, about the, the, the Texas defensive line, the secondary, all of that stuff. But the Texas defensive line, especially, and asked about if he's worried about it because they do have two All-Americans on that defensive line. They have, you, you know, the the best defensive tackle in in college football on that defensive line. He was asked if he was worried about it, and you could tell he was getting a little agitated over it. He wanted to talk more about his offensive line and his guys. He didn't necessarily want to talk about Texas, but he did give a he did give some quotes about. You know he was trying to give respect. He was trying to be nice about it, and then uh, I believe the line was, "Well, it's not like they're the 49ers or the Eagles or something," uh, which Byron Murphy then responded with 7:45, which is the time that the game will be starting on Monday. So uh, it, thank you, thank you to Michael Penix Jr. for for getting this defense riled up, for getting the defensive line. You know that you just want to have that. Because we saw what it did for the Texas Tech game. We saw what it did for Oklahoma State. We saw what it did for Iowa State to have, you know, have detractors and have people kind of not believe in them that they are the guys. Even though, you know, you, you're you favored in the games, so you have to kind of manufacture some of this. That uh, being able to say that, they, you know, maybe there's not the full respect. They don't believe that they believe their offensive line is much better than your defensive line. And you're going to say the Big 12 is better than the Pac-12. And, Euro line was only because there wasn't the other good D lines. It's good to see that uh, Texas was able to get a uh, win so far on Media Day. Uh, speaking of media, that, uh, has happening. The media will continue to happen. There's, uh, I believe, the uh, Washington defensive coordinator just spoke, and uh, the players for the defense of Washington just spoke. So that'll wrap up kind of the players. Tomorrow, everything's going to be on the field, I believe. Then Sunday, we will get uh, the head coach press conferences on the Sunday. And then on Monday, of course, we get the game. So it is going to continue to go and the media circus will continue as we get closer and closer to a late night game on New Year's Day. It'll be a lot of fun. Of course, we told you, if you haven't heard yet, we'll be doing the pregame show on New Year's Day, uh, 4 to 7 p.m. Myself, Rod Babers, and Aaron Hogan in New Orleans will be doing the pregame show 4 to 7 to get you all the coverage you need leading up to the Sugar Bowl. But speaking of some uh, audio and some some player and some, some people speaking to the media, Kyle Flood spoke to the media today. Uh, a little bit more eloquent than PK. Love PK. Doing a great job on the defense this season, uh, but he is a man of few words, and uh, Kyle Flood could talk a little bit more. Uh, Kyle Flood spoke to the media today. Uh, some good stuff from him and, and uh, asked about some different players, asked about the uh, you know, his time with Sark and we'll start there. We'll start with Kyle flood. And he was asked about Sark's play calling and, and kind of his relationship of how he works as the offensive coordinator, but not the play caller, how he works with Sark and what makes Sark's play calling so special. Uh, here's what Kyle flood had to say uh, about that.
1: Yeah, sure. So I, I've been fortunate now to be with, with coach Sarkisian for seven years, you know, seven seasons, you know, from, from Atlanta to Alabama. And now obviously here at Texas, uh, I've always felt this way as somebody who works with Lyman and certainly heavily involved in the run game and the protections, and that's kind of the world that I live in more so than anything. I think my biggest job for him in terms of the play calling is to know what he likes. I need to know what he likes to call in the games because that's really where I, 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 um, I spend my focus during the week to make sure I'm giving him the options that he wants to call on game day. What makes him, and I've said this publicly before, I don't, I don't shy away from saying it now, you know, I think he, he's the best play caller that I, I certainly I've ever worked with and I think maybe the top play caller in, in all of football right now. But I think what, what makes him that is his ability to see the game in real time. It's not just about the game plan and what we've looked at on film. Uh, I think as the game is happening and as the teams that we're playing are adjusting, he's adjusting with them. And I think that makes him unique, uh, his his ability to do that at a really high level.
0: And we've seen that this season. And It's funny because, you know, he talks about it and he says this is what Sark does. But we've seen Sark, that he's been able to see the game at a level but not necessarily on the field. That was not necessarily a strong point in the second half of games. That was when Texas was... Having the leads blown and and having teams come back on them and not being able to close out, and not being able to play there, it seemed more and more this season that he is getting better and better at in game calling of of feeling the mood about feeling the vibe of the game, not being too conservative but still being able to move the ball, uh, but not you know have turnovers. And part of that is probably trust. If you have a five and seven team that is turning the ball over, that isn't playing at a very high level that can play well in moments but is not playing overall at a very high level, it's harder to trust them. It's harder to trust him on a third and four to go back and, and throw a regular pass over the middle and not force it and not have uh, you know a quarterback try to get a play and, you know, make a play go too long and fumble it or or try and stretch the ball out to get that. And maybe the the, the trust wasn't there. And then you had Quinn Ewers come in last year, and it was his first real-time playing football, and then he had the injury, and you're kind of trying to figure out with Quinn Ewers how much you can you trust him to run that offense. And this season, the trust, when it seemed to be that there was more trust there and that he had more trust with Xavier Worthy and more trust with the J.T. Sanders, and he had more trust, uh, especially with Jonathan Brooks, as that season went on. And now C.J. Baxter and the rest of that running back room, but especially with Quinn Ewers and the trust he has in Quinn Ewers in these big moments because he was more conservative uh, in the Malik Murphy games. Those were the games where the other teams were coming back on Texas later in the season after the Oklahoma game. Because after the Oklahoma game with Quinn Ewers, I think this team played pretty well uh, except for kind of those games where Malik Murphy was in, And, and Malik Murphy did great for the situation he was put into, but he's not Quinn Ewers, and he doesn't have the experience that Quinn Ewers had. So Quinn Ewers being able to come in those games the trust really allows Sark to open up the playbook the way he wants to, to call the plays the ways he wants to call them and feel the game and not necessarily cut himself off at the pass because he's too worried about making the wrong decision. He can just keep trying to make the right decision, and I think that's something that's really helped Sark out. Uh, we did get Flood's uh, opinion about the Washington defense. He was asked about what he sees in that Washington defense. Here's what Kyle Flood had to say this morning.
1: It's very much an NFL-style defense. You know, I think that's the the first thing I would say. You know, they they play with base personnel, meaning seven true front players, which is a little bit unusual in this day and age of college football. Um, they'll play nickel defense to eleven personnel, which again is, is pretty standard. They've got excellent edge players. You know, their defensive ends are, are as good as anybody we've played this year. They, they, they play at a really high level. Uh, they really know their scheme. You know, they. They don't have as many returning starters maybe as some of the teams we've played, but they have really all over the depth chart fourth, fifth, sixth-year players. And so these guys have played a lot of football. They've got uh, excellent power in the middle. Their linebackers are elusive, um, very athletic. So, I, I th- And I think from a scheme standpoint, when I say they're an NFL defense, what I mean is, yes, they've got their first and second-down packages, and then on third-down, it's completely different. You know, they've got an extensive third down uh, package that really will, will challenge us in this game.
0: And so, yeah, I mean, we we will see in this game on both sides because Texas is third down defense. If you want to take probably the biggest difference defensively for Texas in this game this year is that last year they couldn't get teams off the field. This year they have done it at a very high rate to get guys off the field. Uh, Washington's going to have that same issue, and that's where – Texas is going to have to have good yardage in first and second downs to not put themselves in third and longs. And that goes to what they, again, a huge improvement from last season in the Alamo bowl, uh, that we saw was they did not, where they weren't able to run the ball. Uh, I heard an interview with Christian Jones that he said, uh, uh before they left for, for, uh, new Orleans, Christian Jones brought up about how he felt that that wasn't the team they had, that, that, that that the Alamo Bowl last year, you could tell he was taken back by it because he just really wasn't happy with the product they put on the field in the Alamo Bowl last year, and he had to step back and, and look at what the game was and, and how the running game should be changing and, and felt like they just basically, because Bijan and Roshan stepped out, that this Texas team was not where it needed to be mentally to get the run game going in that game. And if you hear what Christian Jones says, I think this offensive line is going to be playing with a mission to get the ball moving on the ground and to get that running game and to really make a point that they can run this football against Washington. If you can run a football, it makes those third down stops way harder because now if it's a third and one, the defense can't just set right up to try and blitz you and line up and put seven guys out there coming at the quarterback and hope to get to you before you get the ball out on a on a standard passing down. Because you could be chunking it downfield and go for it on fourth down. We know Sarks tried to go for it on fourth down all season long. He got better about not doing it at the end of the season where it wasn't working. But if you have a run game that is picking up yardage, and from what Christian Jones sounded like before, the, before they left to go to New Orleans, it sounded like he, in this offensive line, want to prove something to Washington. So as much as the defensive line, after Michael Penix Jr. said what he said, have something to prove. I think this offensive line really wants to go and show also there's an offensive line that is looking at them and saying they won the, the best offensive line award. We want to show we're a better offensive line than them. We want to show that we are the guys that we played in a harder conference at better p- defensive lines. And we're going to go and show you what we can do. Kyle flood talked about the running game, which is going to be very pivotal in the Sugar Bowl, and if Texas can run the ball, you're going to throw it on Washington. We know Sark's going to want to take shots down the field. We know he is, and we know Washington will try and step back, but if they load up with seven guys up front and they put guys in man coverage and they put Xavier Worthy and and Adonai Mitchell in in one-on-ones, that ball is going to get put downfield. It just is. But you can do that more if you get a seven, eight-yard run on first down and it's second and two. Now you're putting Washington in a real hard game uh, because they're having to decide: Do they try and stop the pass then on a on a passing down where you can take a shot downfield and be okay about it, or do they load up and and try and stop the run? Or another big run. Here's Kyle Flood this morning talking about the Texas running game.
1: Yeah, I think you know, rushing attempts. Certainly, we would like to have had more rushing attempts in that game for sure. You know, when you get down and it gets to the fourth quarter and you're trying to catch up. You know, unfortunately, that's that's a that that becomes part of it. You end up throwing it maybe a little bit more than than you wanted to. When we're at our best, we have balance. Yeah, you know, when people ask me to describe our offense, we we are built on run running the ball and play action pass. That's really what we're built on. Uh, we can do a lot of other stuff, but ultimately that that's how we build it. You know, from from a starting point. Uh, it was it was a shame for Jonathan. He was having a great year. He's he's a phenomenal human being. So we were all you know. Disappointed when he got hurt, uh, but we're fortunate that that's a really talented room. You know, whether it's Sed Baxter or Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson, all, all these guys have Savion Red. They've they've all kind of had a role in making sure we've been able to sustain the the running game aspect of what we do. So uh, you know, I think you're going to see all those guys in the game. They're, you know, they're all going to play, uh, and we've got a lot of confidence in all of them. I think I think that has that has showed up if you watch our game since uh, when Jonathan got hurt. They're all getting opportunities, and we've got confidence in them.
0: Yeah, and that confidence in what you're going to need to bring all those different running backs out, to have the running backs switch out, to have Keelan Robinson using that red zone, which I think he was kind of underappreciated late in the season. What he was able to do as they got further down the field and they were having so much trouble in the red zone, I think he's one of the pieces for me that helped spread that out. And even if he wasn't necessarily one scoring, the fact that he kept getting outside on those and getting yardage on the outside meant that teams had to respect that option a little bit more as well. Uh what Jaden Blue can do. He was asked about that from uh from Chip Brown. He was asked about Jaden Blue and all of what he can do there. There's a lot of what Texas can do in this running game that if they're able to average four to five, if they're averaging five yards a carry, that this changes the game dramatically. Because we know what it's going to come down to and you know, what it comes down to in playoff games, unless you're talking about just a in all sorts of you know two offensive teams that are going all after. If you both these teams play enough defense that you're going to have to watch out cuz the defensive line for Washington has some edge rushers, right? They're going to be trying to get to Quinn Ewers. They're going to try and get the ball out quick cuz they're going to play uh one-on-one coverage, man coverage some and really kind and try and get a pressure with a seven front, uh seven people in the front and have linebackers play short and and try and take away Uh, different options and try and get to Quinn Ewers they're going to try and get to him as much as they can just to prevent where they may not be as strong in the safety game or in the secondary they may need to get to Quinn Ewers in that and someone who's going to need to step up in that world is JT Sanders. And JT Sanders getting open over the middle, getting open quick where Quinn can see that. And if a blitz is coming and someone gets around one of these offensive linemen and they start getting towards him, he has an option where he can check right right away to a really good player in JT Sanders and what JT Sanders can do for this Texas team. Uh, Another person that Kyle Flood talked about today was asked about was JT Sanders and what he means to this game because he's a big game player. He's one that when Quinn Ewers gets that rush – can take a play that could be negative if Quinn doesn't spot in time and make it a twenty to thirty yard gain. That's what J.T. Sanders can do, but he can also help in the blocking game, and that's what Kyle Flood talks about here when he was asked about J.T. Sanders this morning.
1: I think J.T. is, a, is a, an excellent player and certainly a, a big part of what we do and, and a huge weapon. And I think, you know, in, in the pass game, it's it, it's not as easy for the receivers and the tight ends in the pass game as is maybe for a running back. Like, we can we can get the running back carries. We call the runs and hand them off, and, and he gets his carries. But, you know, in the, in the passing game, sometimes we may have a play that we think is going to go to him, and maybe just the defense plays a little different coverage and the ball goes somewhere else. And that's where, for us, having weapons in different places, that, that's really what makes you explosive on offense. The games where maybe X or AD got a little bit more attention – well, those are games I think where, where JT is going to – his numbers are going to go up a little bit. So, you know, he's an explosive player. Uh, I will say what has made him different and made him more valuable to us as he's progressed over the last couple of years is his, his willingness to become a better blocker because ultimately that's what makes you a complete player at that position. You know, you don't want to just be a little bit bigger receiver. You know, if you're going to be a tight end, then the blocking has to be part of it. And you try to force people into base defense, which you know this team, I don't know if we're going to talk about them um, in terms of their personnel, but they will play some base defense. And you know the, the matchups change when people put bigger people on the field on defense.
0: That's it. If you have bigger guys, you're trying to rush. And what JT Sanders can do in blocking could be big in this game. He can help out in a couple of ways. When they line up and line up five guys on the line of scrimmage, can JT Sanders step in there and get Quinn the time to get the ball off or get Uh, uh, CJ Baxter or Jaden Blue open and and get them a lane where they can get out can he block well enough that he can do a block and then break off and run and and get open can he block well enough that they're going to believe him when he sets up to block that he's not going out on a route and then can go out on a route can we get that from JT Sanders play one more clip real quick before we uh, move on it's a it's a full show today so we're going to Uh, play this we may try and play a little bit more sound for you a little bit later in the show Uh, but one more person that I think is going to be very important uh, in this game because uh, not only because of what he can do on the field but his experience his calmness his coolness that when you start to get to game time and some of those butterflies start to get a little bit bigger uh, and believe me they're going to be big on both sides neither team is this is not the, the the Alabama team that will walk around and say been there done that or a Georgia team that's now you know, has too many people. One of these guys is from Georgia. And that's what we were going to talk about, Adonai Mitchell. And what Adonai Mitchell brings to this team, not only on the field but off the field. Kyle Flood was asked about what he brings with his experience and his leadership on the sideline. Here's what Kyle Flood had to say about Adonai Mitchell.
1: The experience part will will definitely be be helpful to him. You know, we've played in other big games this year, so I think the experience of Going on the road in Tuscaloosa of playing in a Big Twelve championship game, every time you have an experience like that, I think it 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 allows you to be more comfortable in the beginning of the game. Certainly, he's played in big games and playoff games and championship games before. Uh, as a player, you know he's got he's got a skill set that we were lacking before he got here. What I mean is, he is the complimentary complementary receiver to X, really that we needed to to kind of make the field a little bit more open for both of those guys and for a guy like JT. So, you know, his role in what we do in the game plan is critical. Um, I think he's got an air of confidence about him that I think is good for everybody in the locker room.
0: Good stuff there about Adonai Mitchell. He's going to be a big piece of this. We know Xavier Worthy is. We know Quinn Ewers is. Uh, but you're really going to need everything to step up. It's pretty much – you know the, the, the game comes down to some simple pieces at the end of the day, and as much as it's going to be the secondary, we know both these teams are going to pass the ball. We, both, we know both these teams are going to be able to get yardage in the air. So while the secondary is very important, it's one of those factors that unless they play really poorly – they're not necessarily an X factor in this game or or something that you have to overthink about because we understand they're going to throw the ball a ton and they're going to get completions. It's the way football's set up now. It's just hard to defend in the pass game. And so more and more people try to do it. You have two really good quarterbacks that are going to be playing on Sundays. You have wide receivers that are going to be playing on Sundays. You have all of that in this game, so they're going to be throwing the ball. We know where that is. But if we can talk about how, how much time will they have, Both these quarterbacks, the the offensive and defensive line for both these teams, are they going to be able to step in and play at a high level? Which team is going to be the more physical team on the line of scrimmage? Which offensive line is going to come in and own itself? Which defensive line is going to come in and own itself? Is the offensive line for Washington going to earn up to their Joe Moore Award and show that they're the best one and slow down and and open up lanes for Dylan uh, Dylan Johnson? Are they going to be able to do that? Or can Texas do what they've done this season? and continue to get pressure and push up the middle. Make Michael Penix Jr. maybe break tendency and run some. You know, we may see that in this game solely on the fact that if you're trying to pull out all the stops to get past this Texas team, you may see him run some ball. If they, if they continue to bring pressure up the middle with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and that pocket breaks down, he may have to scramble outside a little bit more. And if he gets to scramble outside and there's not a spy on him and he's got guys downfield, why not go take 15, 20 yards and get a slide? We may see that in this game. We know Dylan Johnson came out and he said that he was dealing with a lot of foot pain and was medicated in that uh, Pac-12 championship game to even get through it with all the pain. But now a month off, he's feeling better. We know JT Sanders has been banged up. He's feeling better. CJ Baxter has been banged up. He's feeling better. Is the health and the guys, are the guys going to be able to be healed up but then in game shape to be able to play? Neither of these teams is probably going to play too much hurry up, but they may play some. You may get the wrong. You know, we may see Texas if they get a personnel for Washington on the field that they like, that they want to take a shot on. And if they see one on one coverage and they don't get the play, they may say, hurry it up, get up to the line of scrimmage. We want to throw them off, bring them one set of coverage. And we may, they may hurry it up going to third downs to not allow them to try to, to not switch. And no substitutions on a third down. Get to the line of scrimmage. Don't allow Washington to substitute. Don't allow them to put in a different package and different players when they want to switch out on a money down. Those are types of plays that we'll see in this game, but the offensive and defensive line are going to matter. Jalen Ford, what he's able to do has been great against spread offenses this season. Uh, What he's going to be able to do in this game, if he's able to continue to stop the run, but also be able to help out in the pass game, he's going to have a heck of a game, what the special teams is going to be able to do, can you win the kicking battle on both sides, just start, go for it on fourth down, or take the points. It's a whole lot we'll get into, and we'll talk more about that all with Joe Cook when he calls in uh, in 5 o'clock hour, so we'll start at the 5 o'clock hour, hour two, with Joe Cook talking more about this game, Uh, get his viewpoint, he is in New Orleans right now, we'll get his viewpoint on everything, Uh, but it is time to get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the
1: Day on the Horn.
0: Big fat poll today, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number for the horn. You guys text in. We'll try and get to everybody's text. But the poll questions today, a couple ones for you. We know there's always a score prediction. We always ask you what your score prediction is on the Friday before the game. So send in those score predictions. Uh, And you want to send in the score predictions for Michigan-Alabama too. Send in that score prediction as well. Uh, Also, I want to know, who will be the MVP of the Sugar Bowl? And if you're saying that, if your score prediction is Washington wins and you say it's Penix, or you say it's Odenze or Dylan Johnson runs off, give me one of those. And uh, just a little fun one because it is the last show of 2023. Uh, I, I don't want to know what your New Year's resolution is next year. We'll get into that in 2024. We'll get into that. But did any of you actually keep your New Year's resolution? Did any of you actually keep it? I think Sark said he was going to have his New Year's resolution and get in the playoffs, so he, he did. He kept his. Did you keep your New Year's resolution Hit us up there at 512-447-3776. Who's going to be the MVP? What's your final score prediction? And if you want to have some fun, uh, did you keep your New Year's resolution or how quick did you break it? How, how well did you do on your New Year's resolution for 2023? Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to try and get into a little bit more uh, college football talk. We've also got some NFL talk. We're trying to fit a lot into a little show today. It's two hours, so we got to try and fit a ton in on a short week. We'll get to that. Joe Cook coming up at... Uh, 5 o'clock at 5.30, we got Bruce Castleberry talking Alabama and Michigan. A lot more to come here on the Sports Complex and, of course, your text messages right here on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com.
1: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn.
0: Go Sports Complex here on the Horn. It is a 5-1-2 Friday where we play local bands. You can go check out around town this weekend. Uh, there is some New Year's Eve shows you can go check out. A lot of those are sold out now. There's Grand with one, Madam Raider, a few. If, if you can get them on the secondary market or wherever, you can get those tickets. But I know that's sold out. So a lot of those products are sold out. Uh, but there are shows tonight. There are shows tomorrow night. There's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this is White Mylar. They're playing tomorrow night uh, at the Factory on 5th. You can check them out. Uh, playing tomorrow night, getting you ready for New Year's Eve. If you're going to do New Year's Eve early and then do it again and then do it again, if you want to keep the party, if you've been off, just celebrate. And if you don't have to go back to work on the first or the second and you're you're enjoying yourself, you can check that out. That's some white mylar for you. They're going to be playing Factory on 5th on Saturday. All right, uh, let's get uh, to a little, let's recap a little NCAA football uh get through that. The text line's open 512-447-3776. Who's going to be the MVP of the Sugar Bowl? Your score prediction of that game. Throw in a score prediction for Alabama and uh Michigan as well if you want. And uh, if you did keep your New Year's resolution. We are now it's the last show of the year. If you kept it, put that one in. If you kept that resolution, let me know. Or if you if you blew it in like 2 weeks, that'd be fun to let me know too. Uh, put those all in the text line 512-447-3776. Uh the game we did see last night, we'll get into the games coming up. Uh, Because we're going to try and get this and throw some NFL on because we got Joe Cook coming up at 5 o'clock from inside Texas to talk more Texas versus Washington. Uh, But I do want to recap some games. Arizona did beat Oklahoma last night. That was what we assumed was going to happen because Oklahoma had so many people transfer out after Jeff Levy took the Mississippi State job. That's really what seemed like it was going to happen. But Oklahoma didn't necessarily play a bad game. They were basically with them in a lot of stats, but there was one important one that did not work out for them. Uh, They had six turnovers. Uh, Arizona had one, uh, but they, Oklahoma had six turnovers. Jackson Arnold, the, uh, freshman had three, threw for 361 yards and two touchdowns, but he had three interceptions and a fumble. That is not going to end you up in a good game. They ended up, uh, scoring touchdowns on a 35 yard field on a 19 yard field they had a defensive touchdown. That is not a good way to win. Giving up 16 points in less than, uh, less than 60 yards. You have to be able to play a little bit better than that, uh, so Arizona didn't, you know, the offense wasn't going great. They had a lot of field goals in that game, uh, but Oklahoma wasn't able to hold onto the ball. And that is what it ended up costing Oklahoma the game. Big 12 has not looked bad in this, this bowl season. So far, big 12's handled itself pretty well so far. Uh, if you're looking at, is your conference, you know, it, where, where does your conference stack up with some other teams at the end of the season? Big 12 seems to be holding its own. Some of that is because of transfers, but Kansas state one uh, with Avery Johnson playing. Will Howard is transferred out. So, uh, they were able to get uh, Will Johnson to go play that, or Avery Johnson to play that game. He did well. Uh, another note from the Oklahoma game: Brennan Thompson, former Longhorn, uh, did have a 63-yard touchdown in that game. So it was fun to see Brennan Thompson do well. I know he transferred to OU, and people may, it, but you know he went to he went to Texas first. So I'll give him some credit that he uh, got the score there. Uh, some games that we will have coming up uh, to keep an eye on tonight: we have Missouri versus Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, which according to Ohio State. Uh, media team is in the desert of Arlington. I did not know that the, the cotton bowl was in the desert, the desert of Dallas and the desert of the South. And I didn't, I didn't know that, but, uh, we can look at that, that Missouri, uh, Ohio state, uh, yes, Cal McCord transferred out. Uh, but Devin Brown, the number one quarterback, in the 2022 recruiting class is going to be starting for them to see if he can play well enough, not turn the ball over at a month to prepare. Now, knowing that Cal McCord was out, he's already found a new home in Syracuse. Uh, and the Tigers have a 63rd pass defense in NCAA football. They can they can stop the run pretty okay, but is Devin Brown going to be able to have a uh, really good game against Missouri-Ohio State, get the game out? Marvin Harrison Jr. is pretty much a game-time decision, which makes you believe he's not going to be playing. He's been at practices, but not been a full participant. Uh, Travion Henderson, though, uh, is supposed to be playing Uh, He is another player that has not decided if he's coming back or not. Uh, He's a junior. He still has another year of eligibility, but a really good running back for Ohio State. He says he's going to be playing in the game, Uh, so we'll see if he's playing in the game. Marvin Harrison Jr. plays. It seems like a foregone conclusion that uh, Ohio State will win this game. If he doesn't, then it really depends on what this Devin Brown kid can do against Ohio State, but Missouri doesn't necessarily have the weapons uh, to compete With Ohio State, if they do, if their quarterback is playing well, especially if they get some of those uh, big pieces to keep playing well, Uh, we get a Saturday's game, big game Saturday, Georgia versus Florida State, the game we're all waiting to see, Georgia right now, a 20 point favorite in that game, Florida State's saying they're undefeated and they're the only undefeated team, they're the national champions, but they have to get over a 20 point spread to get through that. Uh there's just a ton of players out for Florida State right now. Ladd McConkey for Georgia, if you're worried about that, Brock Bowers is out. Uh he will not be playing in the game. They're saying it's due to injury, but he's getting ready for the draft. Uh Ladd McConkey though, their other wide receiver. If he was out, you'd worry a little bit more. He's going to be playing in the game. Uh so that makes it uh so you're, you you got to worry about that one. And then we can also throw in the fact that uh that uh the the backup quarterback for uh, Rodemaker for Florida State has transferred out now as well. Uh, Brock Glenn will be starting, who played against Louisville. He had uh, he was 8-for-21 for 55 yards against Louisville. People said it was because that Louisville defense was really, really good. Uh, the Louisville defense allowed 372 yards and six touchdowns to Miller Moss, a freshman from USC. So we don't know if that was the defense. Uh, I think Georgia has no problem in this game. Uh, I don't know if Florida State has the options. I don't know if they cover 20. That's a big point, but I think Georgia's coming out to prove something. And if this gets bad, it could get real ugly, and the Florida State might have to stop talking about how they deserve to be in there. Uh, and I think a lot, of us, a lot of us are kind of rooting for Georgia in this game solely to shut up Florida State at this point and say, we, we told you this is why you weren't going to be in. This is what we did. Uh You just don't have the players. And I know it doesn't prove anything because 90 other guys are, I don't know, like six or seven other guys are opted out of the game. So a lot of guys opted out of this game. And then some others transferred. Uh, and then one other interesting game uh, to note in college football before we get to the NFL is Liberty versus Oregon. Oregon, another, it's a big spread, uh, 16 and a half points. Uh, Bo Nix is going to play in this game, which you don't see a lot of the guys that are late-term players that are going to the NFL draft playing in these games, but he has a reason to play in this game. He's going for the all-time completion percentage record, so if he did not have such a bad game against Washington and knock his, his all-time percentage uh, completion percentage down right below Mac Jones's, where Mac Jones is just a little bit higher than him now. And he can go and he can still get over it. He has to, he has to do like 85 90% completion rate in this game. Depends on how many passes he throws. Uh, but he can knock his completion percentage back up uh, fractions of a point over uh, where Mac Jones is. So he's going to be trying to throw the ball at a high rate. But once he gets that record, he may sit It depends on how they're doing against Oregon, but if they get a big lead against Oregon and they're up 21 points or something and he gets where the passes he needs to set the record, they may sit Bo Nix just to make sure he gets the record of the highest uh, pass completions uh, in college football. Just an interesting thing to look out for. Uh, Liberty is averaging 40 points a game and 530 yards. Uh, The problem is a lot of that's coming on the ground, 300 yards a game on the ground, and Oregon is actually a pretty good rush defense. So it uh, does not mash up well uh, against this Oregon team. It feels like this is one where they really want to send a message as they're going into that eighteen playoff the 12 team playoff, the 12-team playoff, that there is that, hey, you guys, I know you're winning all your games and you're undefeated, but you, you can't go play with the big boys. They want to get Oregon a big win, too, I think. So uh, we all have that. Some NFL talk real quick before we go to break. Uh, the Jets last night did not show up against the Browns. They lose 37-20 to 20 to the Browns. Flacco has a big game. Uh, 309 and three touchdowns. A weird interception where he just was trying to get rid of the ball. Was able to, the defender was able to tip it to himself and take it back for a touchdown. They're up twenty to seven in the first. Not much to talk about in that game. Uh, the Browns had a lot more to play for, but Joe Flacco right now is looking like one of the best signings that the the, the Browns have ever made. Better than Deshaun Watson at this point, because uh, he looks like he is taking this team and getting him to the next level. Uh, I do want to mention a couple other big games. Uh, coming up, and we'll get to the Lions and the Cowboys and the Texans and the Texans. I want to get to both those games. Uh, The Raiders and the Colts, Colts are three-and-a-half-point favorites, a huge game for both teams. The Raiders technically still in it, uh, and they're going to be watching that Bengals-Chiefs game where Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Bengals still technically alive as well. Browning's playing well. Chiefs really need to get uh, uh, a get-right game at home. But uh, the Raiders could put some more pressure on them by winning and take some pressure off of the Texans uh, another big game to watch for on Sunday, Dolphins at Ravens. Uh, the Dolphins just beating the Cowboys. Can they go to Baltimore and upset a Ravens team? That'll be a fun one to watch. But Titans and Texans. Texans now want to get revenge against the Titans for wearing the jerseys. Uh, they beat them uh, the last second play in overtime uh, a couple weeks ago to beat the Titans. Stroud is going to be back. Will Levis is going to be back. Cashman's going to be back. It's a big game for the Texans to continue their streak. Uh, The Jaguars are taking on the Panthers, so it should be a win. But uh, just before the show, they announced that Trevor Lawrence will be out for that game. So it's a possible scenario where the Texans have a chance. If the Raiders can beat the Colts, if the Panthers can pull off a big upset, which they don't want against the Jaguars, maybe they could move up and take a lead in the AFC South. And finally, the Lions and the Cowboys. Lions and the Cowboys. Uh, This is going to be a game... Uh, look, the Lions haven't looked. The Lions haven't really progressed the way that they needed to this season. They haven't really progressed, I don't think. I think Jameer Gibbs is progressing, and he's a good piece that they've added to this team. But uh, we haven't seen the rest of them progress at a level that you needed to see them progress to really feel that they're going to be taking over and where they needed to be. Uh, Jared Goff has regressed this season. He looked a little bit better last week, but I think this is a game for the Cowboys where they're at home. This is a get-right game. They've been playing really, really well at home. I think they're able to come back and play well at home. The big question, Rico Dottle is listed as out now for the Cowboys. Deuce Vaughn is your only other running back on that roster. Can Deuce Vaughn come into this game and show that he has picked something up throughout the season? They have not shown any faith in him since a very slow and bad start. If Deuce Vaughn can bring a little change of pace and get outside and maybe use him a little bit, uh, Deuce Vaughn could get some playing time because that Dallas run game needs all the help it can get. The Cowboys are five and a half point favorites. I take that all day long. I think the Cowboys get right here. Dak Prescott looks a lot better. You get the ball to CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is going in to the ring of honor. You get CeeDee Lamb's 180 yards away from Michael Irvin's record. And I know we've heard that they didn't want to give it to him. There's some rumors that Or people just speculating that Jerry Jones, that's why he didn't get targets in the second half? I don't believe in that. Uh, But he has 180 yards short of Michael Irvin for the record right now for most yards uh, receiving for the Cowboys. Uh, If he gets it in this game, there's no asterisk because he does it in 16. They've added another game to the season, so he could still break it, but there would be the asterisk that it was uh, in 17 games, not 16. All right. I think we got through all the NFL there. Uh, Text line's open. We're going to get to the text line. We come back. 512 447 3776. 512 447 3776. Final score predictions for Texas versus Washington. Final score predictions for Alabama versus Michigan. Who's going to be your MVP in the Sugar Bowl? And did you keep your New Year's resolution last year? This year, 2023? It's the last show of the year. Did you keep that? Let us know on the text line. 512 447 3776. We come back, get into your text right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 109, AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com.
1: The Sports Complex Ah! of the Horn.
0: On the sports complex here on the horn, it's a 512 Friday where we play local bands. You can go check out around town this weekend, enjoy you know, maybe a holiday Monday or Tuesday, enjoy a few libations and some great live music. This is Favor. Favor, they are playing Saturday night at Hotel Vegas, it's an early show. If you want to get out early on a Saturday, check out some jams, enjoy yourself after watching some college football all day, enjoy some music and some drinks. Uh, Favor that is the band, check them out. Uh, good stuff there from Favor. Uh, text line's open. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Talking about the Texas game. If you want to talk Texas or Cowboys or Texans or or Texas basketball, we'll get into that a little bit in the five o'clock hour as well. They have a game tonight. Uh NBA. The Spurs got a win last night. They're they're not Detroit. Detroit didn't get a win. Ooh. Ooh, that was bad. Any of that you want to talk about his up on the text line. We're also talking about New Year's resolutions. And if you kept yours from last year, we'll get next year. We'll get into the next year's resolutions. But for 2023, do keep your ones from last year. Let us know that one as well. Uh, on the text line, It says, don't poke the longhorn. When will they ask? When will they learn? Ask Ugga, pow, Yes, uh, don't poke them. But we were asking you to. That's why I said it's an early Christmas gift for all of us that uh, Michael Penix Jr. just kept kind of talking about the defense and not saying, oh, they're good, and just no more questions about the defense. He did eventually say no more questions about the defensive line because they kept asking him about it, but uh, when he compared them to the 49ers, and uh, he said they weren't basically an NFL team. They weren't, a good, uh, they weren't an NFL defensive line, so he wasn't worried about them. Uh, Byron Murphy responded online, on social media. Byron Murphy responded with 745 January 1st, which is when the, the Sugar Bowl will be. And you just want them to be ready and get in that game and be in the right mode to go in there and dominate that offensive line. I think both the offensive and defensive line have something to prove in this game, which I really like to see. Man, Father Rhyme, you give Stark too much credit. He presses the random button, which in itself is actually genius. He is better coach than that. He does not just press the random button. Uh, He does make some good calls, and he's done better. I I really do believe he has done a lot better this season when he hasn't tried to uh, outthink himself so much. And he has just kind of allowed things to happen. I think he's been uh, he's done a much better job this season. Uh, but I, I get why you say the Rams because he does break tendency, which you have to do. You have to break tendency of points, and you have to say we got to change things up, and you got to take a shot when people aren't expecting it. That's the whole. That's the whole key to, to offensive play calling is trying to do what the defense isn't expecting. That's what a good play caller does. Uh, texter says most bowl, bowl games now don't, uh, don't mean as much. This is different, a year different for both who will be the best that day. All the other stats mean nothing. Let's, uh, let's see what we look like. Uh, look, I mean, the stats do matter. You can prepare Preparation matters. All that matters. Yes. On the day, any team, any, you know, a lot of teams can beat anybody. Liberty could beat Oregon. I don't think they will. But they could Florida state could beat Georgia. I don't think they will, but they could. And Washington could beat Texas. Texas could be Washington. But you have to be in there and own the lines of scrimmage. I, I like our guys. And and look, I know this is this is very much a homer take on this, but I think the fact that they've lost a game and the way they lost it by getting beat on the lines of scrimmage, I think they lost to this team in the Alamo Bowl, all gets them that little bit of motivation where Washington might have more confidence that that they feel like they've gone there. I don't know if they have the the humbled confidence of we know what we messed up earlier and we're not going to do it again. And, you know, I think Texas has that. I think they've shown it uh, in the last few games of the season, especially not letting it slip away and really driving home the point that this this team is going to play and is, is one of the best teams in college football. And I think they want to prove that uh, on New Year's Day. I uh, also said, what's up with the kicking game? I, I mean, it, both teams have a decent kicking game. Uh, Washington doesn't kick a ton of, uh, field goals, but they, I, they're not a bad percentage of them. Uh, they punt the ball. I believe that I saw their average punt. It was about 40 yards a punt. So, you know, decent. Uh, I don't know if they're going to, you know, I don't know if for Washington, it's going to be a game changer for Texas. The return game definitely could be a game changer. Uh, and you know, Brad Auburn has done a good job for Texas. Uh, TJ Horn says, I have the same resolution every year. Faster horses, younger women, older whiskey, more money. Did you, did you accomplish that though? TJ Horn? Did you accomplish? And I, I think at a certain point, younger women that may be a problem. Now, if you because I mean, if you're continuing to age and they're continuing to get younger, did you have to start at like fifty and then move down? Are you dating you dating toddlers now? Seems like a problem if you keep going younger and younger. Female listener number one says, Patrick, I missed listening to you since the time Jane A for skipping out early today. Congratulations on skipping out early. You know, it's the last last Friday of the year, skip out early. Come hang out with us. On the Sports Complex. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you listening. Send in your final score predictions. Have not got any final score predictions yet? Are you guys waiting? Because it's a Monday game. Normally we're a day away. We are doing pregame show. Uh, we do have a pregame show that is coming up uh, on Monday, 4 to 7 p.m. Myself, uh, Rod Babers, Aaron Hogan. So we'll all be here. It's going to be 4 to 7. So similar time slot as we are in right now. Except we'll be going all the way to 7 o'clock. Uh, but Rod Babers will be joining us. Aaron Hogan is going to be in New Orleans. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, Hayes City store in the Taste on Main for getting uh, us coverage down in New Orleans. It's gonna be a fun time on Monday, and then we're doing all doing the show Monday more or Tuesday morning to recap what we believe is going to be a big Texas win and uh, getting ready to play either Alabama or Michigan. But we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. Now uh, we're also talking about Bo Nix going for that completion percentage record, single season completion percentage record is what he's going for. Uh, average Joe. It uh, says, isn't Colt McCoy third on that completion percentage record? Yes, single season. Colt McCoy is third. Mac Jones beat him a few years ago and moved himself up uh, ahead of Colt. And uh, moved himself up. Uh, right now, Bo Nix is in between the two of them, I believe. At two, he can move up to one. Uh, And then also Colt McCoy, though, what he has, uh, he's on that list and he is on the career completion percentage list at number two behind Colt Brennan. I know it's two Colts, but that is apparently Colts, the most accurate passers in college football. But Colt McCoy is on both completion percentage records uh, in college football. So it's a cool record. Colt McCoy, one of the most accurate passers in college football history and uh you know, we all love him. I mean, we, he And we, Look, he, he would have won us another national championship if he had not get hurt. Uh, we all know that. We all know we would have beat Alabama, right? We're all on board with that. One more text, and we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with uh, Joe Cook from Inside Texas to break down some more of Texas versus Washington. He is in New Orleans. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, one more text. So MVP Quinn, yours 41 to 31. Hook him. I like that text. I like that. I like that prediction. Keep sending those in. Keep sending your text. Joe Cook, when we come back, uh, we'll talk uh, with Bruce Cassowary a little bit later about Alabama and Michigan. whole lot more coming up on the Sports Complex in Hour 2 right after this break on the Horn 1019, AM sixty, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.